Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And this episode is about a science fiction film which we were both anticipating quite a bit, uh, because we like Alex Garland, we liked his uh, last science fiction film, uh, Ex Machina. Hopefully this turned out better than uh, Duncan Jones's Mute, which we're also looking forward to because we liked him as you know for Moon and uh, Source Code. So hopefully this worked out better. We'll find out in a second when I ask the question. Uh, but obviously, full not full spoilers. We'll start spoiler free, uh, and then we'll mm-hmm. give you a spoiler warning in the middle before we go into spoilers, like we normally do for these movie reviews. Um, and the basic premise of this is that an alien something or other, and that that is as accurate as I can really be. An alien something or other crashed on Earth, and an expanding force field. We'll say. Yeah, they call, they refer to it as the shimmer. Yeah, that's what they call it, but that's not a description of what it no, is. No, no, it's it's not. That doesn't just, tell anything. Anyone who's not seen the movie doesn't understand what the shimmer no, is. No, no, I'm, I'm adding that on. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. So think of it as a as a as a life bubble of some kind, and it keeps expanding, and it's been expanding for years. The film follows uh, a group of women, uh, mainly scientists of some kind, um, going into this bubble to try and figure out what exactly it is, what's going on. Because there's been previous attempts to send people in, usually soldiers, and no one has ever really came back. And anything they send in drone-wise doesn't come back. It's, you know, complete mystery. So they're sending in, sending in this group, uh, and basically we see what's in there. And then there's some personal character stuff. Obviously, Natalie Portman's the main character, Lena, and then there's some other actors you might recognise. Jennifer Jason Lee, of course, is... And there, Tessa Thompson, who of course is making the rounds and a lot of big stuff recently. She's a really sort of, she, she's becoming like very quickly becoming a name that you're starting to see a lot in a lot of places. Yeah, I feel like I didn't know who she was, and now she's everywhere. Uh, I, 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 I first saw in Creed, at least from memory. I might have seen her in something before I knew who she was, but saw her in Creed. Then she was in Thor Ragnarok. She was in a trailer last week on the movie news for something. You know, here she's in this, and she, you know she's popping up all over the place. Yeah, uh, which is good because she's very good. <laughs> she is, yes. <laughs> to, to be that clear, um, so yeah, you've got this cast. Uh, Jason, not Jason Isaacs. Oscar, <laughs> Oscar Isaacs. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, no, that's the wrong first name. I don't, I'm heading to the right destination, but that is the wrong first yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, I, I know where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Isaac, who of course was in Ex Machina, so obviously he's like working with Garland and vice versa because he's popped up in here as well um, as Natalie Portman's husband in the movie. So that that is the basic thing. So it's into mystery zone. No one knows what's going on in there and they go in and try and figure out and weird things may or may not happen. It is a science fiction mystery film uh, through and through. I think before I even ask the question, though, I just want to point out that it will be impossible to talk about this film without bringing up another film uh, by the name of Stalker, which mm. we watched for uh, In Flux. We reviewed it on 121 In Flux just a few months ago. Uh, it's a Russian film uh, by Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, who did a couple of you know very philosophical science fiction films. Uh, Stalker which we're going to be referencing a lot. He also did Solaris, was another one which was remade uh, eventually. Um, because that, that that film, Stalker, was about a group of three men going into what was called the zone. Not the mm. shimmer, the zone. And looking for the centre because there was a room in which you could, you know, as rumour had, rumour sort of dictated that if you got to the centre and got into this room, you could ask for something. And it was about trying to get there and it was weird and rules didn't quite apply this has a lot of the same stuff going on um 
you know, the, the center of this is the lighthouse as, as opposed to the room. It's, it's but... making a different point, but the, the tone feel is very similar. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a different point at the center of it, but there's a lot of thematic things, there's a lot of, like, I don't want to quite say imagery, because Stalker did a lot of it with just, like, making you think about it, rather than yeah, showing you Yeah, this shows stuff. a lot more than Stalker yeah. did. So I think it's going to be impossible to talk about this, especially having seen Stalker so recently, without sort of comparing how they both handled similar things. It's funny, because I want to say it's Stalker combined with another famous film, but I don't want to say what that is just yet until we're in the spoiler zone. I've got an instant guess. We'll find yeah, out later. Yeah, I think you might do. I think it's it's relatively clear, but just because it's not it's not spoiler-free territory to say what yeah, movie that not, is. Yeah, it's not. No, no, this is full spoilers to talk about that, but I think I've got a guess. I never thought about that, but I think as soon as you said that, I think I've got a guess as to what you might be meaning. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So I'll, I shall ask the question. Connor, did you enjoy Annihilation? Oh, yes, I loved it. I was so into <laughs> this. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, I do have some nitpicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's perfect. I have some things to... And I, honestly, I think the biggest criticism is that I just watched Stalker and loved that a couple months ago. And this is treading a lot of the same territory. And I think that that actually does impact on this just a little bit negatively. Just a little bit. No, I agree, because this is a very... I don't think it's quite as good as Stalker. It's, it's not, it's, yeah. It's, it's that's, the that's, that's the truth, yeah. It's not quite as good as Stalker. Um, and I think the reason why I don't think it's quite as good as Stalker is... There's some there's some stuff in this that is absolutely goddamn beautiful and it's like mind blowing kind of visuals and stuff. But mm. there's also sometimes where I'm like, they're showing too much here and the CG is really obviously CG and it's kind of just it's 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 it takes you at the moment, just a touch. Yeah, it takes you at the moment, but I think more specifically, it takes you away from oh, I'm in a like a really heady, like philosophical film and it puts you in, oh, I'm in a big budget movie with sci uh, with CGI. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a moment, there's a, there's a few moments where I'm like, oh, I'm watching a CGI green screen shot, and it takes me out of what because, and obviously, Stalker had an advantage here because Stalker didn't show anything at all. It was all just theories and ideas, and like you know, presenting mm. it to the audience, and then letting the letting the fact that you're not seeing anything like really go not seeing your 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 imagination runs wild. And because of that, there was some things in this movie, some things that they were so mind-blowing what they were showing us, that it was like, okay, yeah, no, they're nailing this moment. But then there was other moments where I'm like, I kind of wish they just left this to the imagination. There was a few yeah. times where uh, I did I agree that. with that, yeah. Uh, and that, that is the biggest criticism I have of this film. Uh, and it, it doesn't lower it too much, but it's, it's definitely the biggest thing I was thinking about negatively as I was watching it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. There's, It's not a, a whole lot. It's maybe a, a handful of moments but very specific yeah. moments where I go, no, I shouldn't have seen this. This moment would have been better. Maybe if the CG was better, I wouldn't be complaining. But as it is, and I'm seeing it, and I'm noticing it's clearly CG, and it looks off yeah. slightly. That's the problem. Yeah, because then it doesn't. Because it feels like it doesn't belong in the art house movie that I'm otherwise watching. <laughs> Pretty much, it just doesn't jive with the rest of it. It kind of breaks the mood. Yeah. Uh, which I think I'd say more, more than takes you out of it, because I don't think it's necessarily bad enough that you're going, oh, this takes me out of the story. It just breaks the mood and the tone that the, the film's yeah, all Yeah, well, well it takes me out of it, it me, I mean, like, I'm noticing it, so I'm thinking about the effect rather than being in, completely yeah. in the moment. Yeah, no. So, so that would that be the biggest criticism I'd have um, mm. of the film. Uh, but otherwise... And, and I think maybe my other criticism would maybe be, I do think... Just compared to the Ex Machina, you know, that Gallanzola film, is I think it maybe doesn't start quite as running 
as that one does. I feel like the opening it takes of this... a little while, yeah. Yeah, I think the opening of this... Cause obviously, there's a bit of build-up before they go into the Shimmer. I think the build-up to it is a little bit hit or miss just in terms of the pacing, just in terms of grabbing uh-huh. me my attention. I, I think that does lead to my, my only other real complaint is I don't know how much the framing device adds. Okay, yeah, because you actually open the film and... Uh, I guess this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer and it is the opening of the film, but we see that Natalie Portman's character, Lena, has survived and she's essentially being debriefed afterwards by Benedict Wong in a hazmat suit because she's in quarantine. No one wants to touch her. (laughs) Everyone's like... Pretty understandably. Um, And it's kind of her telling the story and it's cutting back and forth. Um, Here's the thing. Do I think the style of how it's presented adds anything to the film? I don't. However, I actually think there's so much information that was necessary to, to actually get the themes of the film that I think it needed to be there for exposition. That's fair. I, 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 it's in this weird case where I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't think it's a framing device that adds to the film, but without what's in that framing device, you lose a lot of necessary information. No, no, I agree, which is why I'm told on it. Because at the same time, I'm going, okay, so I know Natalie Pullman comes out of this. It is somewhere or another, she is back in this lab at the end of the mm. movie. And, you know, that's that's in my head as I'm watching the, the, the rest of it unfold. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's questionable. There's also some, just some sort of flashbacks here or there as well. Uh, and those work fine. And again, they give some mm. more context for the character and again the themes of the movie are kind of very relevant to that yeah. uh, I think that's I think that's fair uh, the first thing is though is I actually think the opening the opening like scene with uh, like her in the lab you know, you know ask, ask, answering questions I love that one probably the most out of all of them because it does set up this mystery of like oh what's going on mm. um, it's when it cuts to oh no she's a she's a teacher and she's teaching you know you yeah. know you know, biology to people, and she's talking about cells, and obviously the cell stuff's very important in terms of the themes of the film, but uh, it was when it cut to that, I was like, okay, right, so we're slowing right back down to this. Um, and I almost wonder, would, would it have been worth, like, uh, just starting in the shimmer, and having some more flashbacks, some of the stuff in the first chunk, just having that be more flashbacks at some point. I, I think it might have been, because yeah. we, we get some flashbacks interspersed throughout anyway. Yeah, we do, yeah. So I don't think we, you'd have even noticed. I think it would have just kind of flowed along with those. Yeah, yeah. I think potentially, yeah. Um, so, so those would be complaints. Uh, onto the positives, it's goddamn beautiful. Ninety oh, percent of the time, yeah. Right, it's ten percent. Well, some of the CG flounders, or maybe the, the the visual idea itself is maybe just a little bit too silly to for it to work. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But just, most of the time, it's just breathtakingly gorgeous. And then I like the music a lot. The music actually, I think, gets better as it goes because as it gets more sort of vague and ethereal, and I'm going to say that, I mean, I'm talking about the movie itself, not the music. The music adds to it more because the music's playing off that. and it's Yeah, it's it's the same composers, uh, you know, uh, Ben Salisbury and uh, Jeff, Jeff Barrow, I think are the names, who did uh, Ex Machina with him as well. Not surprising. This one's a bit more showy, I thought. This one was yeah, more... Yeah, they've, they've done a bunch of stuff. They did... Uh, uh, ironically, they did that Black Mirror episode that we really hated uh, in season three. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Season three, I was like, okay. I, I thought we were going to say season four. I was going to oh, there's a couple in there. That, no, <laughs> no, no, the, the one in season yeah, three. the one in season three. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, I think, because uh, there's a good chunk of the, 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 the sort of third act that is actually silent other than the music. It, yeah. it plays almost as a silent film. 
uh, and the music's working wonderfully with the bizarre visuals to kind of to yeah. kind of you know make it something. There's some beautifully choreographed sequences to their to their music. Yes, uh, I think what's really important I think to sort of specify here is that this is definitely a thinking person science fiction film and what I mean by that is if you're going for a sci-fi action movie where everything has a neat bow at the end and everything's wrapped up and you understood completely what just happened this ain't for you you're going to hate it oh absolutely this is one of the I, I sat and just till the end of the credits just sitting there just staring thinking uh, you know it's rare that I do that yeah, if anything, if I was going to critique anything else, is that there's two or three scenes in the film which are very obviously the most important ones in terms of trying to think about the themes and what it's about. Mm. It's almost just two in your face. What you know, two or three scenes. You know, conversation about cells, a conversation about God here, and a conversation about psychiatry here, and they're all clearly the three scenes, the three conversations that you're going to be piecing together what this film means. It, you know, so uh, yeah, yeah, maybe they could have been a bit, bit more subtle. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that as a critique or if it's just. Something that you notice because yeah, you're. But they, again, yeah. this is something where we we watch these these types of films and we're looking for the themes. Yeah. So when they just give you them, is that a critique? Maybe it is. Maybe it is that it's just too expository. Almost. It's like it's it's exposition of your thesis in the film. Yeah. It, it's not exposition of any. You know, like usually exposition is information you need to know because yeah, yeah, of yeah. plot reasons. This is thematic exposition, I guess. Yeah, which I guess makes it just a little bit... It just, it just feels a little bit clunkier than maybe it could. Just a little bit clunkier. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think the film, at its best, is in the second half where a lot of the talking stops and it becomes Agreed. very silent. That is Because I think up until that point, I was enjoying it, I was liking it. I don't think it went into great territory until the final 30, 40 minutes. No, no, that's fair. I think as well, it has a very similar thing to Ex Machina in where... There's a there's a point where it shifts into a pseudo horror movie. Mm, yeah, like it's not it's not an all out horror movie, but it's like okay, it's bringing in these horror elements to what it's doing, and it, it was the same thing in Ex Machina where you know the, the, it flicks it and it does that there, and it's the same here. It's a little bit more of a subtle shift here. But for the for the record though, it's not like say Sunshine where it's a, a hard left into horror. It's more natural because of where the story's going yeah yeah it's not a it's not a critique i loved it in ex machina it kind of brings in these elements and it, it kind of shifts where we are but in a very natural way now, the reason why i bring that up though because it's something that people will complain about when like a third act goes into a different genre that maybe feels mm. unnatural versus where it was going i think the horror in this and ex machina are both natural evolutions of what was already there in the first parts of the film yeah, they're, they're established as potential ideas i guess um but yeah so they're very pretty it's very ethereal uh a lot of stuff to think about um yeah and of course the ending is definitely one that sort of leaves you sitting there thinking about what what, what that was it's nice um, and ambiguous it's like, ambiguous. okay okay uh i do I do. I mean, I think once we actually start talking about what we think it means and what we think the the movie's getting at, uh, we'll have a clear idea in this. I think uh, both this and Ex Machina, I, I feel like he has a very specific style of vagueness. Does Alex Garland, where he like he'll present the ideas, but he doesn't necessarily make a final point about them. Because I think Ex Machina is in the same way, where ultimately. The point is kind of unclear. You get what he's saying with everything that he's it's, presenting. It's kind of up to you to decide, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, what do you, which I, I, I think it's down to taste well, and like you, you, you a like that or b prefer that to something that has more of a defined point. Because it's not necessarily so much that the ending's ambiguous and that's what makes it vague. There's films that have en- you know ambiguous endings or ambiguous plot meanings, but the point when you finally get to it, when you think about it and you analyse it, no, the point is there. There's a point right at the centre of it that's being made. And I think this is where you kind of come back to those stalker comparisons because I I feel very similar about that movie mm. where there's there's a few different things that it could be, and I feel the same here. It's like okay, you're presenting me a few different ideas, and I I can see either way on all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, so to sum up before we go into spoilers, I feel like the movie's biggest failings is just too many visual effects. Just pile mm. those back a bit. It is. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. That is, and obviously some of them are really beautiful and I wouldn't want to touch them at all but then there's a few others where I'm like ah, oh, just, just dial back a bit and just mm. see what we get there but hey so we'll give a spoiler warning uh, so we can start because I think the meat of this conversation is going to be discussing what the hell I, I think it is what the yeah. hell it means and what's going on I, I got to the end of that I was like oh this is going to be a fun discussion I mean because the, the, the spoiler free zone is going to be well light yeah yeah but hey, so full spoilers from this point on for Annihilation. Uh, actually, one minor tidbit, I really wish they'd just called it The Shimmer and not Annihilation. I get that, but the title plays into the th- one of the major themes. It does, it's just a really generic title. And honestly, if I have one other m- very minor, very minor criticism is when someone actually says Annihilation towards the end of the film, I cringe because it was like, here's the title of the movie! <laughs> Uh, one of those well yeah, uh, yeah it's the he said it moment yeah it's that it's just, it was just super like wank wank that's the title I, I get you I get you <laughs> okay yeah. let's move on please uh, but hey so but that's a minor minor critique uh, so so there's a lot of talk about cells right yep uh, and how cells uh, split up and du- or, or more specifically duplicate, right? So they become duplicate two. Duplicate in the the exponential growth of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. As she says at the start, one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight, sixteen, so on, so on. Right. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of that. Okay. Right? As soon as she started describing that, I'm like, this is going to be essential to understanding this. I'm paying mm-hmm. attention to this scene. And the other scene was the flashback where she's in bed with K- her husband Kane and. They're, 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 they're laughing, joking, tickling. There's some conversation about his secret mission that he's got. This is right before he leaves, because he goes into the shimmer first. That's what we find out later on in the film. And you know, and there's also some things where he's like, "Oh, it's in the same hemisphere, so you know, if we look up at the sky, the stars, you know, we'll be, both be looking at the same stars." And she makes some fun of him and that. But the part of that conversation that I think is very relevant is this: they're, they're commenting that they can see the moon even though it's daytime. And how that's mm. kind of weird, right? That doesn't happen often, but you can kind of it's some, every so often you get that kind of look where yeah. you can kind of see the moon. And she's like, it's almost as if God made a mistake. And him, seemingly maybe being a bit more religious, says, "Oh, but God doesn't make mistakes." That's kind of the the, the point. That's the he, point of God. He's yeah, God. Yeah. Uh, so like, but it does. And she kind of explains that um, because of the way cells are, they're actually immortal. Like you know, the fact that we the life ages and dies is actually kind of a genetic mistake almost. Like, people see yeah. it as a natural thing that happens, but scientifically, looking at it and looking at the rules is actually kind of a, a flub. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Uh, so, so the two key things there is the idea that death and getting older is a mistake and the idea that God can make a mistake, right? Those are the two key things. In that scene, I'm like, all right, I'm banking those. those. I'm yeah. banking those because these are going to be thematically relevant later on. 
And then the other stuff, your notes, those are your headings. <laughs> yeah, and then the other stuff later on, uh, one was in a, a scene with the, the psychiatrist character, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Dr. Ventress, uh, where she's talking about the difference between suicidal and self-destructive. Like, you know, because she's like theorising, did he come out here to commit suicide? It was essentially a suicide mission, so he, that's why he came in. And she's saying, well, no, most people don't actually commit suicide, but almost everyone self-destructs in some way. You know, whether it's, you know, you... you not, not even by making a choice, but you somehow sabotage the good job you have, the marriage you have, this, the, that, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe it's a bigger thing. And, you know, obviously the implication there more directly is that he knew his marriage wasn't quite right. And we know from that, from later on, it's not as well because she's having an affair with someone. Uh, and, like, you know, subconsciously that led to him sort of making this choice to go on this mission because life isn't as perfect as it should be at home. So he goes in, right? So the idea of self-destructing. And then the other thing, she also says... Because they're mutating, that's a big theme of the film, is that everything in the in the shimmer, uh, like, animals are sort of combining, we get, like, a crocodile that's got, like, shark teeth inside it. There's... Yeah, the, we've got all these different kinds of flowers growing off the same stem. Yeah, uh, of course, there's, like, there's a, I mean, we'll call it the bear, but and it's, it's definitely got the body of a bear, but the head's very different, and it's got, like... Yeah, it, it's it's a bear. I'm I'm but... sure if I, I'm sure if I could freeze frame it and actually sort of look at it, I could maybe, like, decide, okay, this is the other animals that are kind of... You probably could, you yeah. Know, jumping into this, I'm sure. I'm sure the the extras later on will have a nice. Oh, uh, uh, Reddit's already done it. Yeah, they'll have a nice breakdown of all the animals that went into this thing. Um, and she's like, "Oh, we're we're mutating as well," because because Tessa Thompson's character talks talks a lot about how oh, it's like a prism. Everything's like sort of refracting in, and that includes all of her DNA. Everything's kind of like because at one point they, they see like flowers that are growing in, the, in out in the shape as human beings. Like you know, they have like heads, arms, and legs, but it's just flowers, mm. you know, making these shapes. And she, she, you know, and Ventress says, "Oh well, I need to get to the lighthouse before too long because I want to be still me when I get there. I don't want to be a a, a new version by the time I get there." And interestingly, nicely plays off of a scene from earlier on where one of the other characters, um, what was her name Shepherd, uh, who who talks. To, she's kind of opening up to to Lena a little bit, and she's talking about how everyone here is kind of broken in some way. They all lost someone or something or whatever. And she mentions her daughter. And she's, this is kind of like a, almost a mask, not just for her daughter, but for who she used to be. And I'm like, okay, so we're mutating, but obviously we've had another character also reference to the fact that even just natural changes in her life have made her different than what she used to be. So yeah. this film, if nothing else, is about going through changes. At the yeah, very ch- least... Change, evolution, and ultimately death and rebirth. Fundamentals of any good science fiction. It, it is. This nails them all. <laughs> Death and rebirth, and I think more specifically is the I. I think there's obviously guilt's a big theme in the movie because Natalie Portman feels guilty because she drove her husband into the shimmer where he went through this horror show of events. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the thing, and then I also think the idea of duplication and the idea of having new relationships formed on the basis of old ones. And going from there is a big thing in the movie, uh, like because one of the things uh, in the flashback with the when she's ha- she's having the affair with someone else she works with, uh, and by the way I knew from like, you see him early on at the start of the movie and like, just the way they're talking I'm like oh they had an affair <laughs> there's yeah, something else yeah. going on here and and they keep hiding it because they they show them having sex but they just show her for a while hmm. it, like a couple of times for each flashback and then you're like okay so that's clearly not the husband yeah there's someone else there there's, there's, there's guilt at play here and. You know, at one point when they're talking, she's like, "Oh, this was a mistake. This is not happening again." She implies it's been on for a while, though. Well, like, this is something yeah. that's been going on for a while. Um, and he says, 
hey, like we're more compatible than you and your husband. We, 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 we can both talk science together. We can both talk about life together. He can't talk to you about his work. You can't talk to him about your work because he won't understand your work <laughs> because, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're an uh, academic. And I think we have to point out here, like, obviously she met her husband in the military, in the army, but uh, which is where she was before. And then she changed and evolved yeah. and became this, this teacher, this professor. She became someone else. And now she's not necessarily compatible with her husband anymore. Uh, exactly. And he's making some, you know, pretty brutal points and obviously she rebuttals with the what about your wife to which she doesn't have <laughs> much of an answer to that's a fair yeah. point it's a fair point in return um and, and maybe that's kind of part of the, the the point of the film is acknowledging that you've changed and that things aren't the same anymore like she shouldn't be married to oscar isaac anymore because they should have acknowledged that we're kind of clinging to something that's not really there anymore definitely uh, he's he's still the same man that the way they were when they got married because he's still, you know, he's still clearly a military man, mm-hmm. but she's not the same woman that she was then. Yeah, so so we're dealing with those themes. We're dealing with those, those things. You know, we've not even got to the big sci-fi stuff yet. We're, we're de- no, these, these are the very just these are just the human elements. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we have some big standout moments. We mentioned the crocodile. We we reveal, of course, and I like how we didn't know she was in the in the army before. Not really, because yeah. when she goes, when the crocodile thing comes up, and it's like, and the others aren't like soldiers, like they've got guns because they thought they might need them, but they're obviously not very they're a good bit with panicky, them. Yeah, and she like just grabs a gun, she gets down on one knee, and she, you know, she's got the stance, and she like takes the the alligator out or the crocodile out, right? And it's like, you know, later on, someone's like, well, you shoot pretty well. It's like, oh, I was in the military, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you get that as soon as she goes down that knee and she shoots, she's like, it's oh, like she, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's done this before. She's trained in this um and so that, that that was like a thing uh obviously i think something i've talked about is the bear because the bear obviously kidnaps shepherd right drags her off into the night because mm-hmm. that's a big constant theme in the movie is that they don't know what's going on in fact when they first wake up in the shimmer they, the, the what they've got left in food implies they've been here for like three or four days but they don't remember anything they they, they remember waking up and nothing before entering the 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 the, the, the wall, if you will, the breach. Yeah, they get to the, the, the tree line, as they call it. Yeah, you know, the, the the edge of the forest, and that's it. Yeah. So, like, so okay. So we're setting up this mystery. We're setting up. Okay. So we've got this eerie kind of atmosphere. There's always this kind of like glittery look to everything inside the shimmer. You know. Yeah. Very bright. Lot, lot of um, you know, just uh, I don't want to say lens flares, but lots, lots of like just glistening and bloom and yeah, that kind of thing it's shimmery isn't it Sh- shimmery okay i was i was avoiding I, I, it, yeah but... i know you don't want to use that word but it's 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 the apt descriptor here but so that spear dra- drags them off uh, drags shepherd off into the middle of the night right and they go on the next day and portman like they find like a sure whatever and she's like okay i need to make sure she's dead and she goes off on her own because uh, she's the one with training and she finds the body it's you know being torn to shreds and the necks open and everything grizzly right no pun intended and she comes back. You loved it. Don't, don't lie. She comes. Not, back. not your worst work. Uh, obviously, along the way, they actually because they, they, they mentioned that this thing, this bubble, the, the the shimmer keeps expanding, right? And it's been doing it for three years. So they actually get to like a military base at one point that was the base at a time at the edge, and then of course it expanded. So now it's inside the, the shimmer, and that's where the you know uh, her husband and his troops were there for a little while. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and talk about some of the, the stuff that they find there, but. So the bear drags off on it and eventually get to like a small town that was evacuated under the pretense of a chemical leak, which was also made me think of Stalker, by the way, because mm. they evacuated towns that are the edge of the zone yeah. based on uh, nuclear even leak. Even Stalker, like, one of the main theories of what caused the zone was a meteor strike. Yeah, yeah. V- very similar. 
So, but they're in the house, and and she was lying about because other than uh, Ventress, n- none of them knew that her husband was the guy that came back, and we'll get to that as well. But uh, basically, uh, what's her name, Anya, who, who was kind of the first one to be friendly with uh, Lena, goes kind of crazy, and she starts like, you know, I found your photo, you were lying to us, and how do we know that she was really dead? You're the one who looked off, went off and checked, and she's got them all tied up. She's tied them all to a chair with gags over their mouth. She's she's you know kind of really losing her shit and you hear you hear Shepard's voice like screaming and she's like you told me she was dead that's her and she grabs a gun and she runs out and you just hear you know you know roars and you know screaming gunfire gunfire like just you know Carney's just going off camera we're just we're in the room with the three characters tied to the chair who are trying to get out of the chairs and we saw she was dead we we, we unequivocally saw that she is dead and yeah I think at this point we had, we did have one moment uh, in the in the framing device where she's talking to Bedit Long, where she says that oh there was mutations, things were combining, and also uh, I don't think duplicating was the, the right word, but there was something that along those lines that it implied there would be copies of something at some point. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, did she copy? Maybe like, that was one you know p- p- possibility. Yeah. You know. Uh, but then you just see the the, the big bear comes in, and it's it's almost like T Rex from Jurassic Park, where they're not moving because they think if they don't react, don't move, just keep still it'll be okay and honestly one of the most unique things that i think is going to be remembered from this film is the fact that the the big bear again it's got a really sort of skull like long head right that's different yeah. from a normal bear starts like it opens its mouth and sort of bellows but when it bellows you hear shepherd's voice screaming and yeah, asking for help such a interesting effect isn't it the sound effect on our voice on the voice makes, like really sells it that it's coming from the bear and not just yeah. like a recording of her yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Like it's it's like nothing I've seen before. It's got this sort of fluctuation to it yeah. that kind of just really sells it. And the bear's going around and it's like doing it right in some of their heads, like right in their faces, just like screaming this into their face. And I'm like, man, this is okay. This is proper. I think like I was enjoying it up until this point, but this moment was like, oh, okay, now you're hitting some ideas because, like. Like I say, like some of the alligator stuff, okay, the CG's a bit were off, and you know, there's other, a couple of other things. Uh, but this bear with this noise, it was like, oh, this is truly like something I didn't predict, and something oh, yeah. fascinating. I, and and the bear looks great. Yeah, the only time the bear falters is when uh, Thingy comes back, Anya comes back, and she's sort of limping. She starts like trying to fight it. Uh, when the bear mauls her, like when the mo- when it's mm. moving and like grabbing her and stuff, that does look a bit. You know the CG starting to show its faults, and yeah. it was like, oh, okay, okay, I have a CG thing there, uh, which is a shame. Yeah, but it's it's not too bad. Uh, I also like how the bear dies. Like you know, uh, it's uh, I think I think it's um, what's the face Josie uh, Tessa Thompson's character, who is arguably the most uh, the the least like sort of confident one. She's the one who's the most scared, seemingly most yeah. of the time. Yeah, she's uh, she's very subdued. She she like grabs one of the guns and just like point blank at the side of its head, just unloads the clip into it, and you you just see the side of the head like exploding in blood and like oh, blood coming out. So good. That looks great. That looks yeah. fantastic. It, it, it's funny. I saw in an interview uh, before that um, the VFX people they had a name for the bear when they were you know referring right. to it, and uh, for, I can't remember the exact name, but the story of it was just enough anyway. It's a uh, so Paddington Bear was named after Paddington Station in London, this old Victorian, you know, very classic station. Sure, yes. Yeah. So they, they named it after some really shitty East End London station. 
It was like, yeah, that's the one. It's just that was this, the joke. Okay. this mess of a station. It is this mess of a bear. All right, interesting. Um, but no, so I think the, the bear stuff in this, that this bear scene with it walking around the room with them tied to the chair, screaming out with her voice, I feel like that is going to be one of the most memorable scenes of the film. Yeah, that and then the stuff in the lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse at the end, obviously, is the stuff that's yeah. really going to going to uh, go well i guess we'll, we'll we'll dive back to oscar isaac and the fact that he he shows up at the start of the movie or near the start of the movie he shows up in the house yes. and he's very subdued he's very non-responsive he just kind of stares blankly when he's asked questions it's i don't know i'm not sure i don't yeah, know he doesn't really know where he's been we know he's been gone for i think it was a year but yeah which was again it was it was very clear that okay she expected him to be gone for a while but after after so much time passed it was like Okay, he's not back yet, and no one's telling me, what, you know, why he's not back yet. Like, you know, there was a point yeah. where it was like, okay, I guess he's dead or presumed dead or <laughs> like missing in action at very least. Yeah. And at first, it's like she thinks he's just being like, uh, you know, it's, it's classified. He can't tell her anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of clear the more it goes on, like he just doesn't know any of this, these answers. He he yeah. does not know. He's just clueless. Um, and and this is actually, like, I, I think. As I saw more of the film in hindsight, this worked much better for me. I think at the start of the movie when he just shows up, it felt a little bit. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know if it was just rushed the way that she, she takes him out of the, the ambulance and then like all the government stooges show up and like grab them. It was like I don't know. Just no, no. no I, I know what you mean. It's like uh, okay, plot time. Yeah, it just I don't know. It just it didn't quite click for me at, at first. Uh, later in the film, though, when it when there's more of the. Like, well, what could he be? What's changed? What's going on? Like, that sort of stuff. I, I think it would have had more... We got some flashbacks later on to a bit of... You know, some bits of their relationship before mm. he left. And I think after I get that and I see the difference in him after he comes back, I think it, it works there. I think coming just showing us when he comes back, we have no baseline for what he's different from. Again, this may have been flashback territory for later. Maybe that would have been the smarter choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're not going to start her off inside the shimmer, then maybe start off when she's already at the uh, was it site X or area X? Area X, that was it. Um, because the movie split into sections, so it's called Area X, and it comes up saying the shimmer, and it comes up saying the lighthouse when we get to the yeah the, the final chunk. But yeah, so obviously when they mentioned the duplicating, like, okay, did he duplicate? Is there something else going on here? Was it not really him that came back? Like, obviously, these things are going through your head, and um. We we get footage of him, of course. We mentioned the army base, and there's, they find like a memory card, and we see that he cuts into this other soldier. And at first, you're thinking, is he just nuts? Like, is this what happened? They all went psychotic. And yeah, because they're already talking at this point that their their minds are deteriorating in this yeah. place. And he opens up this guy's stomach, and you see like moving snake-like kind of. Yeah, it's like his intestines are a snake. Yeah. And they're kind of moving, and obviously this freaks everyone out. And then they go, to, they realize, oh, this is at the swimming pool at this place, because you know that this base, it was like a, like maybe a converted school or something like that, because they go to the swimming pool, and it's mostly empty. But the guy who like died here, the guy who was cut open, like you see his legs at the bottom, you see some of his torso up and like sort of, and it's, it's inside the pool, so it's in the wall of the pool. Yeah, uh, it's like high up, but you see all these like snake-like veins of all kind of like they've all solidified. They're not, they're not moving or anything. It's it's kind of like an explosion happened of life, and then they just they just kind of started stayed there and like started growing like you know yeah. flowers and stuff. And I'm like Jesus, like this is like it's like it's like um, so it's a little alien. It's kind of the way like uh, I'm th- I'm thinking the way like the xenomorph would have like their nest made like. Yeah, yeah, no, I get, yeah, it, but and, prettier because it's colourful. 
<laughs> yeah. It's almost kind of chestburstery as well, the way it comes out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's all coming from his body in that sense. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so, so, of course, that's the thing. Uh, also, I, I may be going a little bit nuts here, but I'm pretty sure the house they're in with the bear. It's the house that she was in outside. Yeah, Lena's house. It's her house. Yeah. Her and her husband's house. Um, which does, again, go back to the idea of refractions and things. I'm thinking... Did the Shimmer make this house from her mind? Yeah, and she, exactly. And she just didn't realise or notice? Or, well, or... I mean, her mind? Or was this from her husband's mind? Oh, because sure, Because this yeah. was already here when, when she got to it. Sure, yeah. It could, it could be from the husband's mind. That's a good point. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. And even, and obviously some of the imagery, we mentioned the flower people, like, you know, the flowers that are in the shapes of people. Like, that was very reminiscent almost of, like, the shadows that are left behind, like, a nuclear... Holocaust yep. site, you know, like where you see like the shadows left behind it. It kind of felt like that. I felt, I felt like I was watching the pretty flowery version of the opening title sequence to Terminator Two, <laughs> where you see all the people on fire because yeah. it's in a playground. There's, there's, you can see the swings and shit. And yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Uh, it was almost like the pretty flowery version of that in a, in a bizarre sense, which you know, as a nice sort of contrast. It's like okay, this this reminds you of this awful thing, but it's like really blissful and beautiful and yeah, it's it's very surreal, isn't it? Yeah, so. Anyway, so I was mentioning, I had to bring up Isaacs and his character because it's very relevant when we get to the lighthouse. It is, yeah. Because we get to the lighthouse, and at this point she's on her own because um, obviously Shepard was killed by the bear, and then so was Anya. Uh, Ventress kind of went on ahead in the middle of the night. She's like, okay, I need to get there quickly, so I'm leaving you now. And she goes off. Uh, Josie is like, I don't really want to face this. I don't really want to understand it. And she kind of just, like, you see her starting to, like, grow flowers from her skin, and it starts to happen really quickly, because in the next shot, she already has more. Yeah. And it kind of implies she just kind of goes off to, like, be one with the world. Like, <laughs> just, like... Yeah, just, this, this, this transformation. Yeah, she's just letting it happen. But Portman gets to the, the, the shore and into the lighthouse, and this is where things, for me, got really pretty, because he had all these kind of, like, crystal trees... Like, because the whole, the whole idea is that everything's more mutated the closer you get to the lighthouse, the epicenter. Mm. So you, you got to the shore and you just had all these crystal trees, and you also had this neat thing outside where there was like five skulls and like five skeletons, and kind of like arranged, but not arranged out in like uh, lying down form. Like the, the skulls were yeah. on their own, and you had the rib cages kind of on their own. And there was like a little pile of bones underneath them. It was kind of a weird. It was, layout. yeah. Uh, but she gets in, and so there's a camera with a recording in it, uh, and she plays it. And we see her husband, and we see the body as well in the room. Yeah, this, you know. this burnt husk of a body. And because of the, the, the sort of the, the, the suit behind him, you can kind of tell there was like a, a grenade almost went off right in front of him. And it's like, you know, done. You know, the wall behind him is kind of black. Yeah, it's but clearly not, some sort of explosion. But only around him, not like right behind him. So it's, you yeah. can kind of see. And she turns on the camera and you see it's, you know, it's him, it's Kane. And he's talking to someone. He's like, hey... Uh, you know, I'm not sure who I am anymore. If you know, and he's talking, whoever he's talking to, he's like, you know, go find Lena, get out here and go find. Lena. And you hear the voice say, "Okay," and you're like, "That's the same voice." <laughs> he's talking to a duplicate. Yeah. This is, you know, this is the original theoretically, and then there's the, the one who came to see her at the start of the movie, who we should mention was sick almost immediately and has been in a coma since, yes. you know, for most of the film. He, like, you know, sets off this this grenade. Uh, so again, it's very bright and pretty because it's just a what was it a phosphorus phosphorus grenade. So yeah, it had a very sort of bright sort of look. So it was almost a beautiful 
image yeah, of someone I mean, dying. I'm sure we all burnt some phosphorus in, in, in science class, right? Yeah, I seem to recall that in chemistry, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure phosphorus is one of those big you know, firework ingredients, right? With all the colours and I, stuff. I imagine it is. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but, of course, so the original meteor, meteor or asteroid or whatever, hit the lighthouse and went sort of through it and there's a hole in the ground to where it kind of went to, right? Yeah. So after she sees this, and she sees that there was a second, there was a duplicate on the on the tape, she makes the choice to go into the hole. Yeah, and and down here is where we get to the other movie. I was I was saying it was Stalker Cross. Well, well the... before we even get to that, I just want to say it's very alien. Just as she's in, and it's like the walls. It feels like she's an alien ship. No, it um, does, yeah. Uh, and of course, Doctor Ventress is down there, and she is, uh, you know, babbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just. It sounds like nonsense to her at this point. Yeah, it's but she's she, she's the one who says annihilation. I mean, what happens next is pretty cool for the most part, but uh, she's the one who says annihilation. Like it's just, and this is what I kind of like about the, the the alien entity or you know whatever this is that's created the shimmer. I kind of like that it's not actually malicious. It just is. This is just it's just a bio thing that's just it's a force yeah, of nature it, and nothing it's else. It's something we do get to at the end when we're back in the the present day you know with, mm. in the lab with uh, Benedict Wong and you know, he says well, what does it want and you know Linus says it, it only wants anything it just it's just there it just exists it's not trying to take over the world or change it's everything it's just doing what it does it, you know it, it's no different to you know an animal eats another animal yeah because it does that's just how it lives yeah yeah exactly so uh, but she, she after she says annihilation she, she starts like light starts pouring out of her mouth I thought this was a little bit stupid at the start of it Okay. When it first came out of her mouth, mm. I was like, uh, what are we doing here? We're going a bit nuts. Uh, once it all came out, it started being colourful all over the place, and then it sort of turned into this... Sphere? Sphere, sphere portal? I don't know. It's hard to describe, isn't it? I thought almost described more of a, of a flower, the way the shape of it, because it had, like, parts, yeah, okay. and it had... Yeah. yeah. It, was like, it was like a flower with a black hole in the middle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? It's just like that. It, it's just, so, but this obviously leads to... Is this this being is formed from it? This uh, we'll call it uh, the mirror, right? Yeah, this is when she touches it, and it's essentially kind of I don't not black. It's more like a a dark marble color because there's a lot. It's like very dark. Yeah. But there's, there's bits of color kind of like in there. Um, and I need a can because he scratched at the door and it's very distracting. So we're gonna do that. Of course we are, because no episode of this would be complete without an interruption from one of the annoying cats. I swear, cats are more evil than this alien entity. And of course it was the ginger cat, just for the record. Yeah, it always, always is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so so this entity, this sort of... Uh, o- almost imagine like a mould of a person before it has features, right? Yeah. Um, and it was very clearly female, though. So right away I was like, okay, this is a copy of her. This is a yeah, copy yeah, of... Yeah, there's never any doubt. You're, you're yeah. never questioning what it is. It's just immediately you know that's what it is. And she, she runs back out the hole, and I think it was, and then a lot takes place in sort of the main part of the lighthouse, uh, where it's kind of mimicking her movement. And she, she's kind of noticing that, and this is where it was very silent, just the music, and she's kind of like stepping a certain way. It, the becomes, thing's a, it becomes a dance. Like She tries to punch it, it punches back. She tries to run for the door, it runs after her, but... It just runs into her and holds her there because it just does, it, it doesn't got nowhere else to move. It doesn't know what next to do next. Yeah, because it's basically like when she tries to leave, 
it runs up against her, but it's not like it's grabbing her in any way. It's actually making the same movement she is. It's just, it's just kind of pressed like, against it. It's yeah. just layered over. You know, her hands up here. Her has, or I say has, like the, the duplicate's hands behind it, just like yeah. that, because it's just doing the same thing. Um, and then eventually she, you know, the, like the, she falls down to get back up, and ultimately it gets to a point where she touches it again. And that's when it kind of forms the features and you start to see it become uh, a similar shape and colour and then eventually the face features come in and it's, oh, it's, it's you know, as the copy. You see it. Yeah, and the whole her. thing, the whole thing's very beautiful. So it's, again, like you say, it's very silent, almost like a dance to the music. And Lena, and it's, it's the one that we started with for sure, right? There's no trick here. This is the one who, who we started with is the one who picks up the, another grenade that's still sitting there. There's a bag of them, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it, it's worth noting that she can't do this and, like, it, it can't be while she's fighting. It's it's not until she's accepted what this thing is and mm. moves in with it. She has to move in tandem with it to get this. Yeah, it's once she stops resisting, she realises it's just, you know, if she goes close to it, it'll come close to her and it'll just be a, yeah. you know. Uh, and she, she puts the, the grenade in its hand and sort of runs off as it you know it explodes it sets the the, the, the copy on fire uh, and then the thing the, the copy kind of intentionally sort of goes around the lighthouse and sets everything else on fire uh, and this actually destroys the shimmer this actually ends the the, the, the problem and uh, right. th- this is why she survives and she's she's okay at the end so here here's my main thinking here on what's actually just transpired at this point in the film because I, I think that you do have to analyze it a little bit and think okay so what's what's going on here mm. I think by touching her, because she feels guilty about everything that's happened, what's happened to her husband, you know, and that's why she's here, this entity now understands guilt and understands that what destroying something and destroying other people are is, and it realises what it's doing to this world, and it makes the conscious choice to then destroy itself. Yeah, it goes back to that scene with the psychiatrist talk, yeah. you know, where it's, it's, it's okay, guilty, so self-destruction. It's, even, even if not consciously... You, you make those actions to do it. Yeah. And this is what happens here. It takes some of her and it goes, it understands the concept of self-destruction. Yeah. And he, I mean, cause you could, you could look at it very clinically in the film to a point as clinical. So maybe that'd be the better interpretation, but you could also look at it more nobly. Like it realizes it's destroying everyone's life. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, I, 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 again, this is where you know, we said how it, it's not quite making the point. It's presenting the ideas. Yeah. This you is could... one of those, because you could see, could see it as a as a noble gesture, like, oh wait, my existence here is ruining every other life on this planet. I have to stop myself right now. Or you could look at it just purely as, okay, now understand self destruction because it's written into our genes. Which you know they say that repeatedly in the film, like whether it's diseases, whether it's cancer, whether it's actually actively doing something yourself to ruin your life, we're self destructive. It's in our genes. Yeah. Uh, you could argue that scientifically, it's just taking that on from her. It just can't help itself yeah. then at that point because that's just the next step of, of what it's learned. I mean, I think the optimist in me would like to take the more noble angle. See, I, that's, that's the thing. I don't know because up until this point, I don't know if it has any consciousness to make that choice. Mm. Like, you know, the way we describe it, it doesn't want anything. It just is. It's very it's animalistic and instinctual. Yeah. What, what, uh, not, which is why I say I think the, the scientific view of the the interpretation because it's essentially the same thing one's just more scientific and one's more just kind of no it's making a choice because of these things um the scientific one does make more sense in the context of everything else in the film and what it sets up however i do think there's also part of the film that maybe well no like lena does become self-aware and makes certain choices can this thing also become aware and make the choice to act based on what's happening right that's the question is 
did this did this have a consciousness before did it get one when it you know absorbed mm. her, her dna or does it still not have one and it's just a, an instinctive thing that it does at the end I think those are all options. Because here's the thing, you can say that we are self-destructive by nature and that we have it in our genes, but there is a point where we are intelligent beings where we make the choice to fight something or we make the choice to do something about whatever, yeah. you know, take your pick. And I have to wonder that if it's already... Let's say it's been absorbing and duplicating people over the past like you know, couple of years. It's been here. It's been here for three years. They mentioned that at some point. Hmm. What with each one is it's understanding us better and better, you know. Absolutely. It, it's yeah. you know it's absorbing more and more, and that's why Oscar Isaac's duplicate is kind of different and you know weird. It's, it's not it's not quite there, right? And obviously we'll get to the end in a minute. But if Natalie Portman is different after she came out of here, uh, it seems to be a better version of her than what he was to him. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, because this is the thing. The one that survives is definitely not the duplicate. It's definitely the original. In terms of the physical body, it's, this, it's definitely the right one. But, of course, the ending implies, much like you know, uh, the Doctor said earlier on, that you know, will we be the same version of ourselves when we get to the end? And it definitely implies that she isn't quite the same as she was when she started. Right, and I think this is a case of even before we get to the lighthouse, all of them are taking on different attributes. Hmm. All, 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 all of the women are doing these odd things there physical manifestation you know we have the bear the flowers it stands to reason that lena was infected i i I guess that would be an appropriate word along the way at some point yeah yeah Uh, i I don't even know if infected is the right word it's no i I don't know it's more like just merging would be maybe the better word Uh, yeah Uh, yeah sure uh, it's 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 hard to get the terminology i'll be honest but you know is that final scene when she goes to see Isaac, who's woken up when the shimmer died he woke up he stopped being sick yeah, uh, which is interesting because it's like, okay, it stopped being self. You know, it st- it realized it was being destructive and stopped itself from being further destructive, and that's kind of what saved its duplicate. Like the one, that, the life that it already created could now live because it stopped itself from continuing continuing to destroy things. Yeah, I think it's worth looking at. You know, his name is Cain. Of course, yeah, and of course, you know, uh, to go biblical, Cain and Abel. The whole idea there was Cain killed his brother. So that he would have everything for himself, and I think you know this is here. You know he killed literally his brother, you know the duplicate, and he he takes on that life. He he gets all of that and more because it seems like he may have a, a better relationship with Lena after this. Yeah, but isn't even that like in science as well? The idea of like you know, like the idea of like things always becoming something else. So you always go back yeah. to the earth and become more things like that. The idea that here it's just like a. a a weird, I say, biblical interpretation of just that rebirth. Thing. Well, yeah, yeah, the idea, yeah, the, you know, it's that, that famous quote, we're, we're all stardust. You know, the, the same stuff that is in the stars is in us. You know, mm. yeah, it's all that, that that same thing, but that is you know, the, the biblical a- a- analogy here, because but, I, I mean, which I think is intentional by the choice of the name. But I do, I do, I do, I think there's something interesting here. If you, if you read what it was doing before as destructive, uh, and it makes the choice to not to stop doing that. That's what lets its embodiment, which is the Isaac's duplicate, the Cain duplicate, live. I think there's it something to be said there. Like, yeah, like, it 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 chooses to focus in almost. It's almost like it was you know it was spreading. It was spread too thin, and Cain uh, was was dying for uh, as much as it seemed anyway. But once the rest of it's gone, this seems stronger. It's like it's okay. It's not 
spending all this energy on everything but no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going back to the idea of choice and the idea of like making the choice to do something about it because it stops being destructive and everything else kane gets to live and kane gets to just be a person yeah seemingly because I, I don't yeah. think there's a sinister intention at the end like we think oh, oh no you, no these no, two are going to team not. up and you know take over the world as these no, weird no, that's new not versions. what i meant by that at all yeah you know uh, I don't think you were. I was just saying, like, I don't think there was any sort of implication of that at the end. It, it doesn't play it like that at all. It plays it as a very touching, emotional reunion. Uh, well, it's a little bit cold. <laughs> cold, but uh, the, the, there's there is a there's more emotion than the, the when he came back. Yes, yes. He's still not really sure who he is, or like he, he's, he's, he's learning. Still, yeah, he's, he's still like, okay. I think I'm Kane, but like I'm not sure. And she's yeah. not really sure if she's because she never really answers. She like leaves it unspoken. Like, are you still yeah. the, the are you still the real Lena? And she didn't really say anything. I, I would have liked because I think he says he says I don't think so, doesn't he? Mm. And I almost would have liked her to say I think so, as in like maybe you know like I think I am, but I can't be sure. In the same way, it's like he 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 doesn't think he is, but maybe there is enough of the the real person in him that he is real. Kind of that 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 mirror image of each other. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I, I think the obvious other things that the whole thing's like a big giant metaphor for their marriage falling apart and then possibly being able to start from scratch. The idea of yeah. again rebirth, like the idea. Of, okay, now, it now, is. Yeah. They've both went through their change. They've both realised who they were and what was wrong with them, and they've both yes. realised they've that, both had their midlife crisis. And now they can kind of start building again afterwards. Pretty much. But, you know. Uh, but that's that's probably the the least interesting stuff about like the 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 ideas for me. I think the idea of the entity, if whatever you want to call it, uh, making the choice or scientifically just now being infected with human DNA, whatever one you want to go with, yeah. uh, to then end that, that that was the destruction of it. That, that was the, the the solution to ending it. Because, um, but hey, because because at the start of the movie, I was wondering, like, is this going to end really bleak where there's nothing to do to stop this? This is just going to consume everything. Because in that context throughout the film, I was thinking, okay, so what does it represent if it does never get stopped? If it's just going to consume everyone? Is it just as simple as... Um, this is death, almost, essentially. Oh, no, no. Again, going, going to there's a meaning beyond just yeah, oh, okay. this is death. Like, you know, does it represent the idea that we are destructive and it's just going to consume us all and it's going to be the end of us? But then there's also that interesting point in the film where someone says, no, it's not actually, I think it's, it's Portman's character actually, to be it wrong. She says, no, it's not destroying everything, it's just changing everything. Right, uh, and and I think that's uh, worth noting that even after it self-destructs at the end, the shimmer is gone. It still lives on through Isaac in, in, in some way, through, through Portman. You know, like yeah. it clearly, it still exists in a different form. It's changed, but it's not gone. Not entirely. Yeah, so, no, I, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to 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 theorize i'm curious how it plays on a second watch i'm curious to see um like you know will, will the opening that i thought was maybe just a bit clunkier than the rest uh how will that play uh before we mm. get to the really pretty sort of and stuff um it's, it's funny i can see I, it going two ways one i can go, feel like it'll be even slower because i know what i'm waiting for yeah. or alternatively i'll let it slide more i'll be and there'll be maybe more deeper meaning in it Actually, one thing uh, we mentioned that they go past the tree line and then they just sort of wake up like three days later, not realizing what's happened in the last three days. Now, I, I know the whole idea with us not seeing any of that 
is that we don't know like them what was happened once they crossed the tree line. I did think it was a bit strange, and maybe this is because I've got stalker in the mind, and some of my big memories of that are them first coming into the zone and like you know just the like what is this place the you know the entrance to bewilderment the, the way that it slowly kind of becomes what it is yeah here it's kind of weird that they just wake up and they're already there there's almost not that moment of like oh this is so weird it looks so pretty like, the, the characters almost don't react to what it's like because we get we miss all that part yeah no i get you uh, I, I just I thought that was a bit strange in the moment i, uh, I think it's particularly interesting. you know as, as much as they say oh you know they've only used a few days worth of rations we know that they're in there for I think it was four months, but to, they, they they thought it was you know a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how long was that section that we missed? We don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe it implies that whatever was changing in their bodies, there was a process during that time that they, they don't remember that was a long time. That, that's the thing. I think they were changed from the moment where we see them wake up. That that process has already happened. We're just the the bit that we actually see is just the ending of that journey. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything Which, else to... Which uh, I, I guess to, to go on to the metaphor of that is, is the idea that, that change is often personal. You, 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 you're the one who see, you, know, you change to yourself first often and then it's, it's only slowly that the, the other people will notice the change in you. It's this idea of, you, you know, to society, you, you will often people will present that they're still the same person or even though they're changing their tastes, for example... It, it, it's simple as that. As like, but um, they will still, you know, to fit in with society, they'll, st- you know, their friends, whatever, they'll, they'll stay the, you know, the same. I, I, I don't know, because I mean, like, they don't know they've changed either at this point. No, they so. don't. No, but I, the, the, I think the idea is it's very personal. That that's the thing. It, it's hidden from even us. No, but it's hidden from them too. They don't even oh, know it is. Changed. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just not sure how much that analogy works for me. Well, I mean, it, it's hidden from them consciously, sure, but the entity that's now presumably inside them changing them that's aware of it and that's part of them at this point so on some level they, they, they're aware of that no I'm not following this line of thinking okay. <laughs> uh, it, it makes sense in my no, mind it's it, no, not working for me because uh, to me like, if it's more personal than if we're along with Portman's journey we should feel it be, you know, be knowing what she's knowing we should be feeling what she's feeling for the no. most part Uh and when she wakes up, it's not like she's just confused. She's like, "Okay, why have we yeah, lost yeah. days? We're disoriented. We don't know what's going on." That's where she, that's what she feels like. That's what mm-hmm. we feel like, uh, almost to a fault. Like I say, it's kind of weird that we just kind of we don't get that moment. It, it, of it is almost jarring for a moment because yeah. obviously we cut to black and come into it. Yeah, but hey, uh, so no, obviously it's a film with a lot of things to sort of break down and think about. And what does this mean? I think it's not as super philosophical as uh, as Stalker is. No. It's a little bit colder than that is, bizarrely. Um, which isn't necessarily a good or a bad thing. They're, they're, it they're just, just is. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just different approaches to it. I think Stalker is the better film. One, I think it's a tight... Despite the fact that it's like 40 minutes longer, <laughs> I think it's a tighter film because it feels like... There's no clunkiness to it. There's, there's, there's no, no potentially wasted moments. Yeah. And everything gets you thinking and it makes you really think about everything it's doing whereas yeah. a lot of the stuff in this it does over explain things at times it does force feed you a few of the, the ideas and elements and at times it does show you a bit too much and that too much yes. sometimes translates to some you know cgi that's kind but, of obvious and then other times it shows you some beautiful visuals and then to, to actually a funny man yeah very 2001 space odyssey in, in its 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 ideology the, the the way it's rebirth and the, the visual elements of it towards the end 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was my favourite stuff. That was by far my favourite part. Because I think yeah. at that point it separated from me thinking about Stalker. And of course you were thinking about Under the Skin. Uh, I don't think you ever actually said that, right? No, no. You, no, actually, that, yeah. you ever actually brought up that was the only movie you were thinking about? No. But that was the one I guessed. I'm yeah. glad I'm right. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I do almost think it's funny. Because if you go back to the idea that you know whether it's purely science or a personal choice, if you compare it to Under the Skin then you're thinking personal choice almost because that was in that film. It was the idea of, yeah. you know, learning to be, make human choices and, and whatnot. But, but once you're in that room at the bottom of the lighthouse, it's, that's kind of what it feels like. Even if there's no conscious choice, it, it's kind of, you're not sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just saying if you compare it to Under the Skin, yeah. that film's about sympathizing with humanity. It is. Yes. Um. So, you know, uh, and it's because and, and almost that that mimic dance moment we talked about where it's like mimicking her movements. It's almost like it's learning to be human by watching her. It is. It, so. It's very much going through that process. It, but it's just, it's it's such a, a surreal, beautiful moment that. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's, it's it's very good. And I, I guess we're getting to the point now where we're going to rate it and uh, wrap up. Uh, so what would you give this out of out of ten? Oh, I don't know. It's it's going to be high, obviously. Um, it's it's either a very high eight point five or maybe it's getting the nine. Because you know we we had a few criticisms, but I don't know how. I'll I'll give it the nine for now, mm-hmm. with the with the conceit that on a rewatch it may go down to an eight point five depending on that first chunk of the movie. Yeah, I'm going with eight point five. Uh, for me, there's no debate in my head. I don't think I can just give it a nine yet. It may go up on a repeat viewing, of course, if, if things work click a little bit better. Yeah, uh, a nice little uh, mirror imagery there. Yeah, but the reason, you know, obviously, why it's as high as it is because you know it's memorable. It's the bear, it's the the the, the, the theorizing, it's the it's the deep ideas. That that final 20, 30 minutes, all that beautiful stuff and the eerie stuff. Um, but obviously, the criticisms were said. Some stuff, some of the ideas are presented clunkily. Uh, some of the visual effects and just the fact that it shows too much takes you out of a little bit. And then the framing device, while it has a lot of very important information, might have worked better somewhere else in the film uh, yeah. rather than the actual, you know, uh, cutting back to them in the room with Benedict Wong standing in a suit asking her questions. Uh, so there's a few clunky elements, but uh, but yeah, so. Mm. That is that is annihilation. So eight point five and a nine. So obviously it's still very high marks. Like yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but hey, so so let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, give us your thoughts and theories and ideas and all that in the comments. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. You can do that over there. Uh, there's a link in the description to get there. Uh, Otherwise, if I wait, promote anything, uh, the, the voting's up for the $5 patrons for all the movie votes. Uh, Streams has a vote between four movies. Uh, Influx has a vote. And then, of course, there's the one-on-one overload vote between me and Matt. Uh, for everyone, they're all, they're all up, ready to be voted for. And, uh, and, of course, go and check out our Stalker review if you haven't already. Check out our Stalker review, which was actually a, a full-on 90-minute review, I think. We, we spent a long time talking we about did. that. Um, but, hey, so... No, and I recommend it if if you if you if you're a fan of watching foreign films and you like the ideas presented here, I think you probably will get something out of Stalker. But uh, there you go. So that is that is annihilation. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys, and we'll see you next time.